nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. <laughs> nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... Oh, my name's Paul Carmichael. I've got a cold, haven't I? It's horrible. <laughs> 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 With your illness, fucking I know, hell, man. You're fucking <coughs> dying again, mate. I know. It's terrible. I'm like that boy in, <coughs> boy in the bubble on the Disney thing. Only putting away. Wasn't that John Travolta? Was it? I don't know. Oh, is that the film where he pisses the bed and runs home every night? I don't remember a film about John Travolta pissing the bed every night. Yeah, there was Are a you film. Sure? <laughs> Are you sure I, this is a thing? It's quite hazy, you know. But the, there is a film about... It's one of them American films where it's about a, a runner, a lad who's a really, like, big Olympic runner and really successful gold medal winning. And he started off because he used to piss the bed. And if he didn't get home from school soon enough, <laughs> his mum used to put the pissy sheets out the window and he just legged it home in order to sort of save being publicly humiliated. No, you've not seen that? I have never... I want to... <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's have a, it's a proper film. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to allow myself a Google for this because well, I, even I don't believe it. All right, I'll tell you what, you have a Google. Shall I do the little bit of housekeeping about yes. what's on the screen? Right, so, right, well, while Mike searches out his German piss video. The Loneliest Runner, it's a real film. And it's about a boy who can't stop pissing. It is. John Curtis wins an Olympic marathon. He prepares to be interviewed. As a 12-year-old suffering from chronic bedwetting, John wakes up early every day to change his soil sheets and pyjamas before his parents can see, running them down to the laundromat on the way to school. His supportive father, Arnold, had promised him a regular bed to replace his child-sized bed if he could stay dry until his next birthday, days later. John's mother, Alice, is shrill and strident, accusing him of either being too lazy to get out of bed at night to urinate are being spiteful against her. But hang on, if he gets a big, bigger bed, he's just yeah. going to cover more surface area and yes. piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It chimed with me. I used to wet the bed as a child. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, well, yeah, Let's yeah, unpack yeah. this, shall we? Why is yeah, that? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. Free, well, well, till, till what age? 30? Oh, only about 34. <laughs> 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 no, I, I've... I've um, yeah. I used to do that. Really? There used to be a rainbow at the end of the bed. <laughs> yeah, I remember, mate. Uh, no, let's not talk about this now. No, 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 no. We've started, yeah, so we'll so, finish. Well, there used to be a... a, a sort of, I don't know where my mum got it from, but there was a sheet of plastic on the bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously she got fed up with washing the pissy sheets. Yeah. Um, and I remember mates coming round, they'd sit on... You know, you'd be like... T mates would come round, so you'd... I don't know, talk about toy cars or whatever it is you do when you're a child. And um, glass of piss, dear, keeping the theme. It's like a light bulb of piss, this well, That's, that's a well. proper goblet of piss. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so mates would come round and sit on the bed and it'd crinkle and it'd be like, <laughs> and, <coughs> Speaking of toy cars, look yes. at this motherfucker. <laughs> Look at that. That's boss, that. That's good, that. Is that a James Bond car? That's a proper James Bond, a DB5. Cardi Does it have rockets that come out the back or anything? Yeah, it's like a bulletproof shield, wasn't it? So I got a big silver one of these when I was a kid. Do you remember the big silver version? I do, yeah. That we all had. And then this one was at a jumble sale when I was a kid. Right. And it was like 5p. And it was like, why is it gold and that? Well, according to the internet, it's gold because the Corgi executives in 1965 saw it. And because their cars were made of zinc alloy, they were like, well, it looks unpainted. Paint it. Mm. And because Goldfinger had just come out, they painted it gold. So that's the story at any rate. Anyway, now, so a... last week I got some tyres for it. It's never had tyres because they rotted and fell off when I, before I bought it. Mm. Um, so I bought tyres for it last week. 5 95 off eBay. So five oh, pence yeah. it cost. It's now worth twice as much. Now, here's an interesting thing, because, of course, we're always looking for the little links between things. Okay, mm. so, I mean, we've we've obviously got... We've got your bed incident. We've got the car, gold, yeah. golden showers and all that. However, yeah, the question last. is, how did I know that was a James Bond car? Because, to be honest, I've never watched a James Bond film. You'll be surprised to know. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, I know that because a friend of mine had that car. But that's not the interesting thing. What's interesting is... Back in about 1998, 
when we all used to go clubbing a lot, this friend, who I shall not name, was very fond of taking speed. But lots of speed. Mm, so was I. Oh, yeah. Well, one night he came back from a very good night out and he'd taken so much speed that he pissed the bed with such veracity that his dad, not knowing what to do, took his mattress into the garden and set fire to it. Brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? Well, that leads me to two different stories. So there was a neighbour <laughs> apparently burning, <laughs> having a bonfire in the garden. And uh, Mr. Waterworth over the bed, leaned over the f uh, over the back, not the bed, over the back, leaned over the fence apparently and said, Now then, Edie, what's the burning there? <coughs> smells like a flock mattress well pissed. <laughs> Which always makes me laugh. And um, what was the other story? So a friend of ours, who's renowned for getting drunk and pissing all over things, was um, in Wales. Yeah. And uh, I'd taken every drug that there is and got drunk and drunk and drunk. Uh, and the guy was like, no, I've only just bought that sofa from DFS. It's brand new. You are not sleeping on it. And he's like, oh, mate, come on. I'm fucking middle of Wales. What do you want me to do? Kip in your car. Oh, it's cold. It's the middle of winter. Come on. All right. So he's like, right, I'll let you kip on me couch. Oh, thanks, mate. So, of course, what happens middle of the night? He absolutely saturates this sofa and this guy who's just bought this sofa wakes up in the morning to find our friend he's got the cushions from the sofa in the oven trying to dry them <laughs> and shrinks them <laughs> a brand new sofa thousands of quids worth and it's like oh, morning mate just got your sofa in the oven <laughs> Oh, so yeah, no. you can have some really good. Uh, you know that's probably why Sam Smith got it in the video because you can have some really good piss-based chuckles. Well, you can. He just took it far too seriously and tried to make it into some way erotic. Yes, don't, yes, don't yes. like that. Not, yeah, no it's need. not an erotic thing. It's no, a funny it thing, unlike poo, which, as we know, is not funny. Not funny. We, very funny. We is very funny. We is very. Funny. It is indeed. I mean, yeah. the amount of. You know, incidents we've had over the years. I remember a really good night out and sleeping on my mate's narrowboat. And I kind of, I remember waking up and I'd got up. And you know those laundry baskets with the little lid? Mm. And I kind of remember walking into their bedroom, lifting the laundry basket lid up and just pissing all over the whole laundry. <laughs> and, I like, and I kind of woke up with the shout, no, Livo, no. And I was like, oh, there's no way you're stopping. Is <laughs> but what makes me laugh is just lifting the lid up like it's the toilet. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. I can't believe I still find that funny. They didn't. I'm shocked. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So there Michael go. Landon, who you might remember, the, the runner in the, the Loneliest Runner film, um, was he in Little House on the Prairie? He was on Little House on the Prairie. And that thing where every week he was like an angel. Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. Wow, man. Well done. Which, well, well I, never, I never watched it. I believe it was yes, on ITV. Yes, you did. It was just no, on when no, you were coming it, down off pills. Well, it, it was on then. ITV a lot. I remember yeah. it being on in my youth. And I'm fairly sure it was an ITV thing. And it was on Before Highway. So I got very confused when I would see these oh, at my nan's. Yeah. And I thought that everything had a highway theme. Uh, yeah, it was repeated, wasn't it, in the 90s on a weekday, like in a Dr. Quinn medicine woman slot. It was, yeah. And then, right. then it was picked up by the Family Channel. Who it showed, would be. It would be. It would be, yes. Who then wiped the whole TVS archive. Well done. Oh, dreadful. And kept Highway to Heaven and the Piss in the Bed runner. Well, yeah, because... Uh, the Family Channel got brought, bought out by Disney, right? But yeah. Family Channel owned the TVS archive, number 73 and all that. And they're like, well, what do we do with this? Pfft, don't want it. Wiped. It. Gone. Yeah. Wiped. Wiped. Like a piss-sodden bed. There you go. There you go. So anyway, uh, we got in a nice thing in amongst the slash. We did. And we should uh, point out on the bottom of the screen. That was the meant to be the first thing, wasn't it? That was we meant to be about. the first thing. Ten minutes later... After yeah. all the piss. Uh, yes. So on the screen, as you'll see, 
some words, aren't there? So not only will you see us down here, not only will you see the Twitter uh, at Nice Things Show. That'll be up there. That'll be up there. Yes. Top. So I'm going to put some Twitter there. Okay. Yeah. And what else do we have? Oh, what you have said got? about doing Instagram. Oh, we need. To, we haven't done that yet. Though. No. So do that there. That'll go up there. Right. Yeah. Where's the email going? Uh, Down website here. underneath. You can email from there. Do we not give them a separate email? Well, you can do. It's a bloody lot, though, isn't it? It's like all right, well, let's just, so, or something. So, all right, okay. So down here, you'll see that there's a www. Why don't we just thing. put the website? What? Because they can get to everything from that. What, what do you the, think? Well, I think, no, get the Twitter on. All right. Get the Twitter and the website, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, right, so the website, as you can see, it's a brand new thing for us, isn't it? Mm. The, the website. So www.nicethingsshow.com, for those Correct. of you who can't see all of this wonderful uh, imagery. www.nicethingsshow.com, um, which is like the hub of nice mm. things. The fulcrum. Yes, where you can come and spend... Well, we'll be with you 24-7 from this point, if you so decide. We could have a camera put in your house. <laughs> and call it Cam Michael or something. That would be horrendous for people. But that would be a premium service. Oh, that would be a subscription thing. Yeah, that would just be sort of like, you know... Um, be- because you do have your fans, dear. Do I? You do. Yes, including the wonderful and lovely Connie. Well... Yes, let's let's talk Connie. Hello, Connie. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we Hello, talk Connie. Connie, let's deal with let's deal with uh, one fan and some criticism. Uh, so, um, hello to Katrina. Uh, who listens in Edinburgh, who got in contact to criticise the fact that I was always wearing the same jumper. So um, that's incredible that people isn't notice it? that. So thing. as you can see, I've I've changed my outfit. Um, I've gone for the Hong Kong Fui t-shirt and matching accessories. I wore the same shirt for months. No one noticed. You had your lesbian lumberjack t-shirt. Uh, I did, yeah, months, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, no complaints about that. Just my lovely Swedish lady What's detective name again? jumper. Katrina. Katrina don't care about me. No. She's obviously a, a Paul fan. We'll, we'll have to say that's okay. That's yes. fine. Uh, Connie. So, Connie got in touch. Um, so... We know Connie because she's come to some of the live shows, yeah? Yeah, Connie, the wonderful Connie, um, came to, I believe, some Sir Henry shows, but uh, she also came to my uh, Fringe show, Half the Man. Mm. And that's where we first had a good chat. And, um, yeah, yeah, she's been very, very kind to me over the years, Connie. A lovely human being. Mm. Well, Connie got in touch with you uh, about some bits and pieces, uh, asking if I would be interested in their Shakespeare bits and pieces. Mm. So absolutely, I'm interested. Um, So I said, oh, yes, I'd be interested. These lovely sort of red, they look like little magazines. And so I was thinking a few of these will turn up. And uh, Connie said, well, I'll just send the complete ones. Oh, no, no, send the lot. Send send everything Mm. you've got. And she also pointed out that... um, that they because they belong to her grandma. I'll tell you about her in a minute. Um, but and her grandma's written notes uh, throughout these wonderful magazines. So uh, to tell you a little bit about us. So Connie's grandmother. I do apologise for sniffing. Uh, was uh, Isabella Weir? Wonderful name, Isabella Weir. Um, so I'll tell you I'll tell you a little, a little bit about Isabella. Uh, no longer with us, but uh, she was an English teacher and a regular theatre goer. We lived in Glasgow, and get this, she uh, pretty much set up, um, amongst others, the Citizens Theatre. Like, Lovely, blimey! Yeah. Uh, she grilled me regularly about what Shakespeare play I was studying at school. Uh, not what play, what Shakespeare play. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she was very happy to, uh, assemble a little package for me, or I thought it would be a little package. And I considered doing an unboxing video because the last one went so well, but when it arrived, it wasn't a little package at all. So if I reach over here, this is what we're talking about. Oh, wow. Look at incredible. these. Look at these. Now then, I've not quite worked out what these are when they were published. I know that they... Uh, who is it? It's Castle, Castle and Company Limited who published these things. And their first edition seems to date to about eighteen ninety three. Wow! I mean, but to show you one of them, uh, 
here we are, the Royal Shakespeare. Ah. So it's a part work, a bit like, you know, I used to get the unexplained in the 90s, but uh, it's a part work. And each week was uh, a Shakespeare play will be published. Uh, and as you can see at the top there, the price was six, six pence, six old pence. Um, and they come with uh, with 68 Rembrandt fo uh, fo photographiers and tinted plates. Isn't that lovely? Um, and then inside, it's the full play. But whoops, as you can see, possibly, if you look carefully, see, look at the writing in the yeah. margins. All of these lovely little bits of writing uh, from wow. Connie's grant, uh, where she's basically annotated all of these scripts. So there's one here picked up King Lear, uh, where she's sort of asking these questions. Uh, does this mean that tenderness is embedded in her nature as a knife is into the shaft? And suddenly, I want to meet this lady. I mean, oh, yeah. this isn't just someone who sort of read Shakespeare. This is someone who took the time to sit down and consider Shakespeare. Oh, these are, these are absolutely beautiful. I'm so grateful. I really am, Connie. Thank you so much. They're absolutely Connie's beautiful great. things to receive. So I'm going to... Uh, these are going to be filed very carefully, but read and kept with love. But, we're, God, they are. They're old It's pieces. astonishing to have something that's kind of imbued and embedded with somebody's um, spirit. Yeah. You know. And that, that's why books... I, I, I've never any problem buying second-hand books, you know, when you can actually know. see they've been read or little bits of writing and that sort of the thing. The containers records, for the spirit. Like, of Absolutely. the person who owned them, you know. Um, so, presumably on the front of it, that spelling of Shakespeare. Oh, yes. You know, it's kind of... Do you remember the other week when we we know we found out... Let me try and get this correct. So, before World War One, the mm -hmm. pronunciation of Edward was more like Edvart. Is That's that right, right yeah. Summit? Uh -huh. So, Elgar. Yeah, it was about Elgar, wasn't it? You would have pronounced Elgar's name... Edvard Elgar. Is that yeah, right? right? I can't yeah, remember with the emphasis on the other half of Elgar that we would normally so do. So that's totally forgotten. Half. Absolutely forgotten. I, I've never, ever encountered that in my life. So every movie you've ever seen or any play set mm. prior to World War One that refers to an Edward as an Edward mm. is is incorrect. Incorrect. Um, and so here... Is that so, something I wasn't aware of, that even up till the early 20th century, Shakespeare wasn't the spelling that... Obviously, that sh spelling of Shakespeare for our audience was never one that he himself used. No, absolutely. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? Well, the because one we know. The one we know, absolutely. He never yeah. used it. So for those of you just listening, and, and welcome to people listening on uh, Google Podcasts, I believe, who've joined yes, us. Yes. Which welcome. is rather nice. Spreading yes. everywhere like a virus. Yes. Um so, uh, if you can't see it, then Shakespeare, uh, spelt on the front here, the Royal Shakespeare, S-H-A-K-S-P-E-R-E, -E, no A in Shakespeare. Well, <coughs> it's a fascinating thing. I, I love this sort of thing. Because of course, language wasn't standardised, is, is the first thing, you know, back, uh, back when we're talking about with Shakespeare. Language wasn't standardised. But I always love the fact that nor was time. You know, that, that idea that it could be quarter to two in Edinburgh, but it's quarter past two in London. Mm -hmm. Because there was no need for, to standardise time, not until the railways came in. And that was suddenly when we need to standardise time. With language, however, no, there, there was no sort of like common spelling. So I think there are six examples of Shakespeare actually signing something. And he does not spell his name the same way twice. Um, there's Shaksberg... Um, Shakespeare, all these, all these wonderful variations, but at no point does he spell it the conventional way that we do now. So presumably, yeah, we've took this conventional spelling we've now got is something that's post World War One. It must be, um, and the theories, of course, abound as to why he spelt it differently all the time. My personal favourite is it was for tax avoidance reasons. The man never paid tax, so if you don't sign your name. Uh, the same way twice. How do you get tracked down? Probably also explains why you move from location to location to location uh, in London all the time. But uh, yeah, I, I, it is a fascinating little thing, isn't it, to see that on this official publication, the Royal Shakespeare, spelt not how we do. Mm. So mm. yeah, it's... yeah, fascinating from an etymological point of view. It absolutely the, uh, is that that is probably not as old as we think. Mm. Because we've I'd... always got that, haven't we? With I mean, what's it spelt like on the... 
because there's a little monument, isn't there, at his grave or in the church, the little bust of him. There's the monument, yeah. And I'm just wondering because I should be able to tell you that, but if you give me a sec, uh, I'll have a little Google myself. Because um, what I'm wondering is if I was to say frontispiece, here we go, the first folio frontispiece. Inter- no, interesting. Here's our contemporary spelling. So the right. uh, the first folio, which was published in 1623, uh, spells it as S-H-A-K-E-S-P-E-A-R-E-S. So presumably now we've got it was the first folio, so that's what it should be. Mm. But that was just the spelling that was chosen. So that's some academic, isn't it, late 19th, early 20th century, who's like, no, you're, you've been spelling it wrong. It's like these people who popped up about 30 years ago who said you've been pronouncing Bordesia wrong. Oh, you know, it's, it's like Boudicca. these people... Yes. Um, so, wasn't there a, a diary which was found to be forged that was found around about the late 19th century which contained the only reference to Shakespeare, contemporary reference to him? But it was later found to be forged, wasn't it? Oh, that's a new one Ors- on me. Orson Welles mentions it in that interview on BBC, whatever it was in the 50s, where they're talking oh, about... Oh, with Peter O'Toole, that one. Yeah, with, where they're uh, talking uh, about Hamlet's father. Yeah. He mentions it as if it's accepted fact, and it's not. It was actually proven to be a forgery. Um, let me have a quick look. Uh, have a quick look. Although, I mean, diary. you know, we, we've got all the, 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 the revels lists and stuff like that, and he is listed. He's listed as a member of the company. Uh, the King's men, the Lord Chamberlain's men. He is listed in these things. So we'd know he's real, but... I'm not ah, sure. Henslow's Diary. Henslow's Diary is what he refers to. Oh, no, that's not a forgery. No, I think... No, Hens- Henslow's Diary is... Henslow's Diary that is a lovely thing. Oh, is that it's the got... one that's not? It There's not one be. that is, and uh, it might be oh. Manningham's Diary. I'm not sure. But he well, refers to one. Ah, Henslow's diary. It's this lovely thing because, of course, what they do, what Henslow does, is he lists everything that was owned at the Globe Theatre before they burnt it down by mistake, performing the Henry VIII play. Mm. Um, so it lists all the props, all the bits of set, like they, they had a large bed they could wheel out through the back doors. But my absolute favourite thing, and bearing in mind all of this went up in smoke when the when the theatre burnt down, my absolute favourite thing in Henslow's diary is that the Globe Theatre owned. One cloak for the purpose of becoming invisible. <laughs> what the hell would that have been? Could it have know. been mirrored? I mean, it could, God knows what that was, but I love that. One, per, one cloak for the purpose of becoming invisible. How are you doing? Have you found... I'm trying to remember what it was. He mentions the diary, hmm. and um, it's when I googled it, because what he says is is quite astonishing, what he says about the people who... Uh, new Shakespeare and he says about some established facts and I, th- and I thought to myself when he says it it's like wow that's amazing I didn't know that about Shakespeare and I looked it up and it was from a diary that was proven to be a forgery oh, all okay. these pages were added to a diary that's accepted that this right. guy found in the 19th century I can't remember uh, one, you know. or the other. one or the other yeah. but of course the thing is it's it's that whole thing of still finding stuff out now which is fascinating like there was always the that uh, the story, the legend that Shakespeare basically stole the theatre and moved it from one side of the Thames to the other. It was only about five years ago that they found the official documents from the time that went, no, he did. He actually mm-hmm. robbed the building and it was moved. Um, so, you know, the, the, I love it when you get these old bits of folklore and myth and so on, and then suddenly someone goes, and here's the official thing, and it did happen. I, mm-hmm. Just the way that those things can be passed down over hundreds of years, and then someone goes, yep, it's real. Lovely. And then you get people saying that Ring a Ring of Roses is about the bubonic plague, and it's not. And I hate those people. Well, I mean, you can't hate them. It's what we were taught in school. I can. Well, you, so you think that the six-year-old version of this person should have stood up and told Miss Lancashire she's wrong? I think Miss Lancashire should have checked. It was actually in a BBC programme we were shown in school that, about the plague. Well, then the BBC uh, got it right based on the sources available at the time. There you go. So you forgive them so you can forgive these people. Oh, no, it doesn't work like that. So anyway. Yes. Connie, thank you. Connie, Connie thank you so you, much, and, Connie. Uh, you've, you've thanked Connie yourself. She's a smashing person. I yeah. hope 
that one day you get to meet her. I hope so. Great. And and thank you to the to the lovely uh, Isabella Weir who kept these for God knows how long, annotated all the way through. The writing, it's you know mm. when you get beautiful handwriting, it, this proper cursive handwriting in yeah. pencil, but. Oh, it's so beautifully written, you know. Yeah. And even the language that's being used just makes you think, God, yeah. there's there's a proper education there. Beautiful handwriting, beautiful thoughts as well. Questioning, what do these words mean? I love it. I love that. So, yeah. oh, these are these are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a far more interesting than the actual magazines, isn't it? Oh, it, it, yeah. It <clears> is the observations in a way and the to thoughts. actually, yeah, to know that that person actually sat there. God knows how long ago writing on them that's like you say it's a link it's time travel essentially yeah it just takes you back to, to, that to be privy to someone's thoughts like that and and if you've got uh, any old stuff you think uh, should belong in one of our collections then obviously you can email us by contacting us through the website yes the you want the email down there do you so you can get more free stuff mm. yes. just, it's uh, nice things podcast at gmail.com we'll just throw that out there throw is that, that what it is yeah yeah yes okay so, <clears throat> moving on from free things mm. to things we have bought. You bought anything nice in the last week? I've bought nothing. I've been so ill. I haven't had a oh, chance. Get lost. I've been Ill. Ill. Listen to my voice, my my sonorous voice. That's just too much piss. You should should limit yourself. Um, you, you, that's good talking coming from you with your piss films and you're pissing the bed all the piss time. Films. That was just on the BBC one night. I doubt they would have shown. That'll be an ITV film. No, I, no, 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 no. It's no, very it sensitively not... handled. <laughs> what the sheet? Yes. Right. Have yeah. to be. Yeah, it would be. And it's a real thing. Well, we've checked. Right. What was it called again? Piss boy. The loneliest runner. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to find this. You'll enjoy it. I'll find it. It featured Michael Landon. Well, yeah, he's dead, isn't he? And that's not why I like it. He didn't but... die of piss in the bed. <laughs> well, he, he died drowned. young. He died he young. He did. He did. He died of lung cancer and he never smoked. Like Roy Castle. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I bought some things. Um, <clears throat> first up is something Ooh. I've been after for a long time. You have. And that's that. <sighs> The Look Doctor Who Annual 1972, the unofficial Doctor Who Annual 1972. Because there never was a Doctor Who Annual 1972, there was. was there? No. Do we know why there wasn't? It's somewhat to do with the company changing hands. Uh, was it... Okay. World. It became World, but wasn't it Whitman or something before that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, it became World <coughs> Distributors, and I think prior to that it was, I don't know, Someone David else. Whitfield. Uh, and company. Um, so this is available through, uh, is it lulu.com? Yes, that Lulu. is. Lulu.com, yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you I, were I, I, very excited about this. Book. I was very excited, yes. Um, and um, so um, I think it's a, an amazing endeavour. I think these people are to be applauded who put it together. It's a big uh, bugger, isn't it? Isn't it's it about... a big, big, big How many thing. pages is it? It's a... uh, about 300, I think. Whereas the old annuals are about 40. So Yes. So with it being uh, on Lulu, hmm. um, and they print them up as you buy them. That's right. So, yeah. so I've got here the Doctor Who, the real annual 1973. And when you open them up, you know, you've got these kind of now famous um, paintings, haven't you? Yeah. Um, which I Beautiful. love. And yeah. so... To open the 72 on it, just to be blank pages, that kind of set the wrong tone for me. Yeah. Um, I wanted I wanted that. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's to be applauded. I think that you should all buy one, uh, if not for any other reason than to occupy the space on the shelf. I think some of it, the puzzles and stuff like that, look incredible. The uh. stories, uh, the ones I've written, are really well written. Um, for me, it's the artwork that lets it down, and the mm. and the layout to a certain extent. Mm. Um, so obviously, artwork is something which, you know, is at a premium. If you know an artist, their time is at a premium. But I mean, uh, come on, right? Yes. For the benefit of those just listening, how would you describe that? Um, what would you describe that as? <clears throat> um, substandard. 
Right. So it's, Del- it's the, the Delgado master and. Oh, Sergeant how would I describe Benson? the actual picture? Well, first of all, yeah, it's so it looks a bit like a sort of the master at a table being interrogated by a unit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yes, it's not the same style, certainly, is it? It's... No, it's a very. It was obviously a lot of artists who contributed to this, mm. and some of it's very good. The quizzes and the. Uh, the kind of the board gamey things. They're all right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, no, they look good. Yeah, they're all that right. That looks really good. Uh, fat per twee, but hey. Um, yeah. They're all right. But, um, yeah, the, the some of the artwork is obviously sort of photo, Photoshop lash-ups. And then we've got stuff like this. Um, some sort yes. of sex aid. Though. Some sort of sex aid. So, um, I think that... Six out of ten, maybe something okay. like that. You know, I, I think that uh, its heart is very much in the right place. It mm. all goes to charity, which is fantastic. Yes. Um. So buy one, obviously yeah. buy one. Uh, How much? Uh, uh, thirty-six quid or something like that. Nearly choked on his piss then. Really? Oh, good lord. Yes. <laughs> So, mm. Mm, yes, one does wish not to be uncharitable about such yeah, a thing. Um, and I really wanted to, and also, you know, if you're of that mind, mm. like Mr. Carmichael, who will buy two of everything in order to rip off people on eBay, uh, you could buy yourself one of them and sell it for 200 quid on eBay in a couple of weeks when they inevitably sell out. That's very true, I suppose. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm a bit sort of, I put the cover they've got bang on. The oh, it's cover perfect. The cover is absolutely. Let's wonderful. see the spine. Let's see. Spine spot on. Oh, the spine is perfect. And that's what we're all about here. The spines. I mean, it's I, always I, the spines. I would compare it with the 1973 one, but as you can see, it's kind of faded. It has a little, yeah. Yeah, but, but they've got the font spot on. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it will look great on the shelf. It's a It'll very just... nice thing. It's a, it's a shelf. very nice thing. Although to buy a 1971 annual. Is gonna cost you about two, well, between two and six hundred quid. No, mm, no, no, no. So no. someone should start reprinting them. It'll happen. It all happens. It does eventually. The wheel it's like turns. these books. So I've been buying Target books as well, and some of them mm. are stupidly, stupidly priced. Yeah. So I started to decided to start from the beginning. So Unearthly Child, mm-hmm. can't remember six pound a summer. All right, right, fair enough. That's fine. Edge of Destruction, no, 20-odd pounds. And some people want 60 quid for it, and it's got that poo logo on it. (laughs) You don't like that logo? I don't like that logo, no, I don't like it. I don't like doctors who wink in the opening titles either. Okay. Uh, The Aztecs, £7.50. Right, okay. A John Lucarotti, which is always uh, John Lucarotti. Keys of Marinus, featuring one of my favourite covers ever. It's a beautiful uh, painting, that. and wonderful. written by Philip Hinchcliffe as well. Philip Hinchcliffe, yeah, lovely still. Six pound or something, I can't remember. Uh, Reign of Terror, uh-huh. which should be called the Reign of Tenor. It cost me a tenner, Ooh, but that's okay. a great cover. Great cover, and so, written by Ian Martyr, so it's probably uh, got some swearing in it as well. He liked to Ian slip Martyr. the odd bit of swearing in. Slide it in, dear. Uh, yeah. So they can accompany my initial and original Daleks. Look at that, which has got um, the Fablon covered mm. on it in, in case i piss the bed you know just in case yeah protect it you see yeah <laughs> and uh no um barcode no as you can see always uh, that was my companion over easter mm. uh, as a child i remember eating too many cream eggs and reading that as uh, grandmama lay in bed ill like you always ill uh, this week certainly mm. yes and a bit of Marco Polo, another Lucarotti. Which, Lovely. Uh, Darren Nesbitt on the front. Darren Lovely. Nesbitt, yeah, it's my Darren. own. Yes. And uh, the Sensorite. So that's that's the first that's the first um, season complete. So right. here's my little quiz for you. Let's put Go them on. in order. Okay. okay. Unearthly Child. Yes. What's next? Uh, Doctor Who had an exciting adventure with the Daleks. If you had the original or the Daleks. I thought it was Edge of Destruction next. No, good God, no. Daleks. No? Okay. No. Daleks. However, Edge of Destruction next. Uh, Marco Polo. Yeah. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Uh, Marco Polo, the Centerites. Uh, no, I've got it wrong. You're missing a book. I'm or, not, no, you're not. Keys of Marinus. Yeah. Keys of Marinus. Aztecs. After Marco. After Marco. Yeah. Aztecs. Uh, Aztecs. Uh, Sensorites. Mm. Reign of Terror. Well done, dear. There we are. Yes. Don't ask me about the new series. Couldn't tell you. There it is. There we are. Lovely. Now, I don't know if I'm going to carry on with this collection because they are very expensive. You are, aren't you? Might do. <laughs> I think you are. I might do. I might yeah. take this uh, James Bond car apart yet and completely rebuild it. Why? Why? You can buy all the bits for them on eBay. But you've got all the bits. It's I've there not, in the It's car. missing the ejector seat. Right, okay. A child must have snapped it off in 1970. So does it, does it spring out, the ejector seat? No, 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 it's broken. You can buy replacement bits, all the bits for that you can buy. No, but I mean, if you if you get the ejector seat, is there yes. a button and it pops out? or? Yeah, and you can buy the little Chinese man to sit in it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Pointing a gun at James. Oh. So there you go. Gone. I mean, that thing was proper. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had one. It doesn't sound like you did. Absolutely not. No, I never no, understood. But, whew, straight so out. Yeah. They flew miles. So some enterprising bod on the internet has decided to recreate all the bits inside. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, no, that's one. It's all there, dear. So, yes, lots of new fan items this week. Oh, no, that's lovely. Well mm. done, you. No, I, I got well, nothing. Well, I, what did I get? Um, I did, well, I picked up uh, just some On This Day in History by Dan Snow. So if you want to know what happened on any particular date... But what's what's wrong with this? Who is oh, it? Is it the writer? No, it's boring, isn't he? Why is he boring? He's just like his dad, but even more so. Oh, Peter Snow wasn't boring with his swingometer. Is there he... a swingometer you can cut out and keep? No, no, there isn't. There's it's a just th all these. You know, the first rule of London Media Club is choose your parents wisely, isn't it? Well, you know, it is. You've got all these. Um, what's the What's the guy called? The Cor Giles Corrins and uh, and all these people whose parents were. You know, I mean, was it Peter Snow? Peter is that Snow. Who is yeah. Daddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the boring one on Channel Four News then? John Snow. Oh yeah, he's dead boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so that's who his dad is, John Snow. Uh, Peter no, Snow. Peter Snow. Peter Snow, yeah. That's yeah, right. he was all right. Yeah. But but again, it's like, phew, the kids are just like, you know, oh, daddy's got a great career. I think I'll have that instead of going into the foreign office. Well, all right, yes, there is a bit of the old nepotism in some yeah. cases. It's fair to say, I think. That's why the acting profession is full of Benedicts and Tobies and all this other business, whereby, you know, I mean, we we had uh, students last year who, were, who attained places at these great places to train as actors but couldn't afford it yeah no that's true Whereas, because, well, you know oh toby wants to go oh no problem oh well exactly it was one of the it was what wasn't it fourteen thousand pounds to go to one of the london schools and student loans do not apply so it's got know. to be privately you, first rule of london media club choose your parents wisely yes no that's true that's very true. So there's all these barriers so. to entry. So whenever I hear a, a Jon Snow or one of the... No, what's he called? Peter, who is he? Who? This guy whose book you've bought. Dan Snow. Whenever well, I hear one of them people, it's just like, well, you didn't make it on your own merit, did you? Let's well, be honest. Well, who? I mean, he might have... Uh, no, possibly not. All right. But, did you he know, balls? but he's making interesting stuff. Have you read it and will you read it? I will read it, and I'm starting to read one a day. I'm just going, ooh, what happened today? So, for example, where are we? Recording this. We're recording this on the 27th of February. Get the old pornographer glasses out. Uh, 27th of February. Uh, oh, it's about Kia Hardy. Oh, not very interesting. See? Well, no, because it should be about, you know, so-and-so got beheaded. Something like, Anne Askew got no, ripped apart no, on the rack. No, one only gets the spicy stuff with uh, the paws. Because the paws are, are sort of interested in finding things out. We're naturally curious. Whereas yes, rich people true. are just like, oh, daddy told me, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but apart from that, when you get a, three, a free three-month subscription to his website... To Protestant magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Look, I wonder what the Archdeacon's doing today. 
Well, anyway, it's yes. nice. It's nice. Ish. In a yeah. Protestant kind of way. In a, in a BBC Protestant way. Very much so, yes. yes. Um, mm. Yeah, them books are the kind of things that turn up in, let me have a think, what was that shop called? The Works. The Works, yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. you'll find it for 50p. 50 yes. pence, with three months well, free subscription to Protestant Weekly. I mean, there are an awful lot of them, aren't there, on this day in history, books. Uh, yeah. I've probably got about another five of them somewhere. Mm. But so if I put them all together, I could probably find one juicy thing <laughs> per day, <laughs> you know, occasionally. But it's it's difficult. I've yeah, it is a bit uh, because yeah. there's so much good stuff. So yeah. I don't care about Keir Hardy. I'm afraid. Mm. Mm. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, what were they? The Fabian Socialists. Yes. Yeah. His original uh, logo was a wolf in sheep's clothing, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, and then they changed it to a tortoise. It is fascinating. Don't get me wrong. It genuinely is fascinating. But I, I think that history, oh, you know, you've got to take a tabloid view of history. I think mm-hmm. that's when it becomes really exciting, and you discover all these. I'll tell you something that I found out. Um, going back to the Ringa Ringa Roses thing, because of mm. course that's a lo- In fact, I wrote something down. I probably can't find it now. Does your uh, local um, sort uh, of grocer have a plague stone? He leaves your food on and takes the salted coins from. He doesn't have any tomatoes at the moment. That's for sure. But no, he doesn't have anything like that's that. That's an interesting thing because I have what? seen zero evidence of this fabled vegetable shortage in my really? local shops. Yeah, nothing. I will send you the photo I took in Morrison's. Because I, I, I went out with, you know, that intent. It was like, oh, God, I've got to go and buy see. some tomatoes. Well, no, I wouldn't buy tomatoes. But it was just a case of going out to see, you know, I was expecting, you know, like the Bill Hicks routine about war, death, famine, AIDS, mm. you know, on the news. And he goes out and it's like, oh, where the fuck's this shit happening? And so I went to, I've been to Morrison's, I've been to Aldi. Uh, that's it, really. Right. Um, Nothing. Loads of veg, loads of fruit. Yeah. Loads of tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. And See, they're horrible I... anyway. Who wants tomatoes? They're out. Of oh season. no, nobody wants. I Don't hate taste. tomatoes. Don't that's taste not the point. No, that's uh, they, they taste of earwax. I always think, but well, they don't they... taste of out this time of year because they're forced, aren't they? Well, they're yeah, they're out, I mean, of, they're out season. of season, absolutely. But no, well, I went to Aldi and I went mm. to Morrison's. No, not a single tomato in either of the okay. ones here. But it is 1953, and so the seasons do apply, of course, around here. Well, there you go. But, but now, what I was saying there is, so this week, what I was reading about was uh, Hickory Dickory Dock. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that comes from? No. This is this is brilliant, right? So, Hickory Dickory Dock first printed in 1743. But it dates to 100 years earlier. And what it is, is it's a nursery rhyme that just exists to take the piss out of Oliver Cromwell's son, Richard. That's right. all that it's for. Um, he oh, was Dan known Snow. as... Uh, not Dan Snow, no. Because um, he was Children known as... Of famous people. Never. Th- well, yeah, this is one case where that does apply. Because he was shit, wasn't he? Um, Dan so Snow. For, so, no. Uh, Richard Cromwell, Dickie. Okay. Yeah, so he was known as being quite timorous and mouse-like. Here's the mouse. Um, he was known also as Tumble Down Dick. And the clock striking one and the mouse falling down refers to the fact that after Oliver Cromwell died, Richard was Lord Protectorate well, for less than one year. Um, uh, so it actually dates to that. It's just a piss take of the second Lord Protectorate. And there's a second verse, which is... Uh, the man in brown soon brought him down, and that's Charles II, because he had to disguise himself as a peasant, which meant dressing in uh, brown at the time. He mm. was the man in brown who brought him down. Isn't that brilliant? So Hickory Dickory Dot, which I just assumed was about a mouse falling off something, which upset me, actually, as a child. I didn't like that one, because I was always worried about the mouse, thinking about it. Um, were you really not? Re- I don't re- I'm trying to remember it. I mean... Hickory Dickory Dot, the, the mouse, mouse ran, ran up, up the, the clock. clock. The clock struck one, the mouse fell down, hickory dickory dock. Oh, I think this is a Protestant one, mate. Oh, that's not a Protestant nurse. It is, it is, it is, it is. Actually, it's an anti-Protestant one, isn't it? I don't know what it would be. Was Charles II Catholic? No, he couldn't have been. No. But uh, Cromwell certainly was. No, but... Well, no, that's not... No, it's not Protestant, though, is it? You don't get Protestant nursery rhymes. No, you do. Hickory dickory dock. No, apart from that, name another one. Is there one about burning the Catholics somewhere I'm unaware of? 
probably roses probably what does it really relate to what's that all about it dates to 1910 and it was written in america it, really? it blood yes really that's when it dates to ring a ring of roses wow that's astonishing yeah there you go yeah isn't that uh, well the worth a gulp of piss well a big gulp of piss as my voice <laughs> starts to go oh, I'm I'm terribly Ill. ill i'm ill Oh, uh, I really am ill this time, Harold. I'm proper ill this time. Did you watch that Stepto documentary I told you about? No, I haven't had a chance. You only told me last night. Is it any Don't cop? bother. No. Uh, oh. It's the same four stories about him cottaging and the fact that they mm. got cross with each other in Australia. Yeah. But the way it's put together, this was on Channel 5, uh, and it'll be on Catch Up Now. If you don't know the history of Stepto and Son, it's probably very interesting. But for me... You get these annoying little bits where they talk about um, the episode that was being recorded when the news broke that Wilfred Bramble had been caught soliciting, well, smiling, as it turned out. And they say, and uh, the audience were gathered in Lime Grove studio. And so to illustrate this, they show you some film of the BBC television uh, theatre in Shepherd's Bush. Different building. And at that point, I started to write an email. I was so cross. Good. You can't do that. Um, having worked on these kinds of shows, mm. I can tell you that uh, they play fast and loose with that sort of thing. Well, I don't approve. It's there is... merely representational, I was told. If you say Lime Grove, don't illustrate it with something that says BBC Television Theatre oh, across the front. I can... I could tell you about much more deception than that. Oh, I can I can imagine. Oh, live TV. Trust me, it was all all deception, all of it. Absolutely. Someone's just fell down, which is weird because it's something else that I bought in the last week, and it's got a link to the Dalek book because on the box, what does it say? It what says say? another exciting. Another exciting adventure of the Daleks. No, 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 no. No, this is... Mold Magic Extreme. So... (laughs) Are we doing adverts? No, we're not. Not for this stuff. So, so anyway, it's just because it fell down, you know. Is it her gel? No, it's for, you know, um, mold in your silicon in your bathroom. No. Yes, you do. I you don't, don't have silicon in your bathroom. That's what fake tits are made of, isn't it? It's a sealant around your bath or your shower, whatever. Plasticky stuff. Oh, well, maybe you have a tin bath. I'm not sure. But well, no, I have the man who does these things. Go on. Anyway, so the way that... Were the tiles... Have you got a bath or a shower or both? I've got a bath. A and bath. a bath with a shower over it. Yeah, likewise. So were the bath meets the tiles, right? That <clears> gap... <throat> is bridged by them squidging in sealant, right? So it's watertight, and so it doesn't rot your floorboards. You get that bit. If you say so. Okay, so what generally people do is they smooth it out with the finger, and the bacteria that lives on our skin gets in the silicon and ends up growing mould a few years down the line. Right. And that's why you see black dots of mould and stuff around baths and shit like that in the scene. Anyway, this stuff purports. You squidge it on, leave it three hours, give it a bite, and it's all gone. No. Absolutely not. This doesn't sound like something that anybody needs to worry about. It was a Facebook advert. Oh, God. Uh, Where's the, know, has it come from Korea? I know. Something? The thing is, like, it was just like, even when I clicked buy, it was like Esther Rance and I can feel... Absolutely, her, her just her. burning into me, just going now, Michael. Uh, absolutely not. I know. Anyway, uh, you get two tubes for fourteen ninety nine. Bloody hell! I so, know. And this is to kill your bacteria, basically, from when you sealed well, it's your unsightly. bath. I didn't seal the bath. Well, who sealed the bath? Buster. Oh, it would have been sealant he put in there. Be something else. Well, yes, mm. I'm afraid so. I must blush you that, Buster. There you go. Oh, That's what he'd say. He would. Um, he'd mix it in. Anyway, so there you go. Another exciting adventure in Magic Mold fucking Extreme, whatever it was called. I've, I've got... I've got a spare tube. You can have it. I don't want it. I mean, okay. I don't even know if I've got sealant. 
Yeah, you will have. I've got wooden panelling around the bath. So have I. Well, I well, where it meets it... the bath, if you don't seal it, then water would leak through. You get that bit. Right, okay. Well, I thought polyfiller, is that not what that's for? No, polyfiller doesn't flex. And it's not waterproof. Well, you're saying you've got flexible sealant? Yeah, you have as well. We all have. So... It's the law. So if I <laughs> prod it, will my finger go into it? Um, there would be a certain propinquity of elasticity with it, yeah. You need, you know now you've said that. If you ever come round here, you just need to look at the bath and you'll see I've been prodding it now. Oh, have you? Like like a child well, no, I will putty. now, because you've told me. Yeah, exactly. It'll be well, like the It time. doesn't have any kind of... It won't... You can't get your fingerprints in it because it's dry. Unless you had the bathroom done this morning. Oh. Well, why well, Why am I worrying about this then, if, the, if well, it's dry? You don't dry? need to if you've got no mould around your bath. Well, I don't think I have, but then, then again... you're I, all right. You don't need magic mould extreme. But I just clean the bath. It's not about cleaning the bath. It's when the sealant was put in. If the guy ran his finger in to smooth it, which you're not meant to do, right. the bacteria comes off the finger and gets into the sealant. So it seems and then to mold me that grows. the issue here seems to be that Buster has done some substandard workmanship and can't help putting Correct. his finger in things. Well, yeah. That's well. why I uh, released him from his contract. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, bacterial growth... So, um, it's not quite that, but uh, The Last of Us, you've been watching. Ooh, I have. Which it's is a, it's new. A, it's a modern thing, isn't it's it? It's American. It's very stressful. It's far too stressful. Right, now then. And it, I've got to watch it today, and I've got to watch it today. So, this is because I have teenage boys. Right. They are. I don't keep them hostage, my own children. Hmm. Um, and... Zombies and action, and um, the 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 main chap in it. What's he called? Uh, the Mandalorian guy. Him, yeah. The 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 Pablo Pasca Escobar. Pe or pa Pedro Pascal. That's him. Right. So obviously we're watching this program. It's very stressful. It's very good. Oh, it's very good, but it's very stressful. I have to go and say, oh, I'll just make some tea. I have to just about halfway through each episode. I have to go and make tea. There are also a lot of chilled interludes in it. Episode one's quite stressful. Uh, episode two's quite stressful. Episode but three episode was a gay three. love story. Yeah, with Bill and, and Frank. Beautiful. Yeah, television. it was very good. That it was very. He's brilliant though. The Parks and Recreations guy. Absolutely wonderful. The central performances in that were stunning. I mean, yeah. that was a yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah. bit of telly. And that is that where you're up to. No, 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 I've done them all. I've done up to six. I thought oh, okay. I could watch them all in one hit. No. Oh, God, no. Got to I... wait now. Yes. No, 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 because no. there's, there's nine. The Bill and Frank episode completely wrong-footed me. Because Same I here. thought when Frank turned up, I was like, oh, he's a wrong'un, he's a wrong'un. And then they sit down and do the Linda Ronstadt at the piano, and then the next thing, the snogging, and it's like ten, uh, three years later, it's like, oh, he wasn't a wrong'un then. Absolutely. And it's just a very beautifully, well-paced, sort of sedate bit of television. I thought he was going to jab Bill in the neck and nick his at, house. At any moment. Yeah. I, I assume that for most of it. Um, but it's really odd, isn't it, that episode in the middle of Mad? Yeah. I mean, it's it's br the brilliant... But he's brilliant anyway, the Bill guy. Oh, I mean, the whole yeah, thing is beautifully it. done. And then uh, you get a, a double episode which stars Melanie Linsky, who is a fantastic actress, who started... Um, she's one of the girls in Heavenly Creatures, Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures. Right. Um, her and Kate Winslet. And she's there then as the leader of this town, who's a right bitch. Um, beautifully played. I she's thought a... she was a bit miscast, if I'm being honest. Did you? What was it she about? Was, and, and, oh, and so I suppose what we've got to bear in mind here is that there are people watching who won't have seen it. So we'll, well, we haven't we'll given any spoilers. Oh, we have on Bill and Frank. Shit. Oh, yeah, we have. But all right, let's, let's set it up. So basically, it starts with, I think it starts in the 60s on an American chat show where someone's talking about fungus. Does he really look that old now? John the Rebus guy. John Hanna. Yeah, does he really look that old? I, they don't, made him up? I don't think so. I think he's been he's made surely up. surely made up. He must I saw him, I was like, <gasps> Yeah. No, I think he's been made up. And he's yeah. talking about how fungus is basically going to spread and get out of control and kill everyone. And then in 2003, one day, it does. And suddenly, yeah. 
you've got people becoming zombies. And I hate zombie flicks. They're not we? zombies, are they? I mean, what's well, clever is when infected. he describes it later on, he says it must have got in the food supply. And the first one we see is an old, like, knackered woman in it, but she's eating cookies during the day. Yes. So obviously it's in the food stuff. We, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I sussed that out. I didn't suss it out when I watched it. No. Um, lots but of it, shocks in it. Oh, yeah. Well, it turns people into basically killer fungi, doesn't it? And it does have a, you know, because it was a computer game originally, and it does have a precedent in the animal kingdom, doesn't it? Because that fungi, what is it called? Seops or Cheops mm. or something like that, does infect ants, and it turns them into zombie ants. It does. And then it makes them bite other ants and spread itself. So it does work like that within ants. Why haven't they made a drama about that fish that swims up your piss and gets into your Well, that's penis? next. Pitch it. That would be good. Pitch it. That would be fantastic. I mean, there's no zombies. Nobody goes mad. It's just that well, they nobody could can do. go to the toilet. They could do. They could have fish in their head, couldn't they? Swimming round. Well, it's got to go from your knob right up to your head, then. No, they could jump into the mouths. But isn't the whole funny thing about that fish that you get in the Amazon or whatever, the fact that it swims up your wee? Do you want funny or scurry? I don't, I'm not good with scurry. I'm not, I'm not. Scurry's a big dollar, though. It is. It is. Very big dollar. It is. All right. I don't mind scurry and I don't mind. No, I do mind suspense. I don't like jump scares. So, absolutely. You're kind of watching the wrong show, then. Well, there is an element to where it's completely the wrong show for me. It is weird as well because, unlike most zombie things, there's some really chilled out sections to it. There is. The child you, actors in it are astonishing. Brilliant. And the, the whole psychogeography, sort of the landscape mm. becoming this this terror, uh, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, her name's Bella Ramsey, the lead she's girl. She's brilliant, Ellie. Yeah, she was, she was, she was she's British. Uh, she was the, the wow. worst witch uh, for ITV, children's Even ITV. more impressive. And then she did, I think she did a season of Game of Thrones, but she was only about 10 when she did that. Um She's absolutely phenomenal. She's wonderful. Yeah, superb. Um, makes the series. It, uh, so there is enough in it. And I th- I do think that he's a very good actor. Oh, he's uh, brilliant. Pedro he's Pascal. Brilliant. So there's enough in there to make me watch whilst also desperately needing to just make cups of tea because it's just too much. You don't get that sort of thing in Crossroads. No. What, Which people I'm... turning into mushroom people? Apart Not from Benny. That. Well, apart from him, you just get sedate. Whereas it's, it, I mean, it's it's brilliant. It's a little mini series. I think it's nine episodes in total, and they are going for a second series. Of course, they are. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's. I would highly recommend it. Oh, me too. It's fantastic. Mm. It's fantastic. See, there, there you go. That's your gateway into more of this sort of thing. No, I don't. I don't feel. I've just realised I didn't miss the vape. Wow. Really? Yeah. I haven't noticed you vaping at all until now. I haven't vaped much, though, because I'm dying. Ah. I'm seriously ill. I think you're underestimating how ill I am. I'm not wearing the scarf for effect. It's because otherwise I'll get a terrible chill and I'll be gone by lunch. You're carrying on like a Renaissance poet. Yes, essentially. But, Waltzing uh, around northern Italy. That uh, sort of thing. Eh. That sort of thing. Yes. Yes. <coughs> well, yes. there you go. You, there you we have go. Uh, been uh, stepping to the 80s. Yes. No, I have. I've joined the 80s with The Last of Us. Basically, it's Survivors with Mushrooms. Episode 6 is where they're on horseback. There you go. It's basically, yeah. it's all taken from Terry Nation, or everything comes from Terry, really. I think you could work back any of these fancy shows. You go, oh, there's Terry. Yeah, I mean, the iconography it uses, there's a lot of planet in the... Well, beneath the planet of the apes, especially in episode two where they have to go through... Is it Boston they go through? Or they go through some city, don't they? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's there's loads of planet of the apes where they have to go through that... Um, the museum. Oh, yes. And if you remember, in planet beneath the planet of the apes, you've got Peter Eustinoff as the librarian. Right. Who turns up in... They're in New York... And it's right. all overgrown, and it's all those recognisable landmarks, but all, you know, crumbling and overgrown. And he's the librarian or the curator or something. He's fantastic in it, of course. Peter Houston, Houston, wonderful. Um, 
so they've borrowed all that I can, and they've took all the best as you can, mm. you know, uh, and placed it together. And and of course, the survivors' image in the leather yes. waistcoat on horseback with the uh, the rifle slung over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. See, it's pure Terry Nation. Pure but, Terry. Yeah, pure Terry. Lots of CGI. Eh, has to be these days, doesn't there? Mm. Mm, yeah, but it's very group. good. It's very, it is. It good. is. But I'll tell you what. Yesterday. I watched Braveheart for the first time in ages. No CGI. It's all real. It's all right. Freedom. There you go. I watched that three-hour-long film. So I wow. Slip. Fair Ooh. play. I say that. I slipped in and out of consciousness because of the serious illness. But I got through it. But Patrick What McGoom, about your Kubrick box set? Still on the shelf. Spartacus it's... is great when you're ill. I think I've got that somewhere. You've got it in your box set. It's Stanley Spartacus. Kubrick. Is that Kubrick? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I don't know if it's in your box set, but it, he made that and then he came over here for Lolita and then he never went, did he? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, well, oh, right, Google okay. it by all means. If uh, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, I'm wrong. Uh, I thought it would be Dino De Laurentiis or something. I think but... that he... I don't think he started it off, but I think he was brought in Kubrick to finish it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, God, I can't spell it. Hang on. Uh, uh, Kubrick. Uh, oh, good God. Yes. It's Kubrick. Yes. I had no idea. I wonder if there's ever been a gay porn film called Spurticus. There's bound to have been. There's got to have been. There must have there? been. Well, I mean, it's, it would be silly if there wasn't. Like, you know, with Caligula. Because there's yeah. the, two, the two versions of that, and I accidentally bought the rude one. Rude one. Have you, have you seen both versions? What is it? Gore Vidal or something? The room yes, one. it is. Well, not the whole was. thing. So basically, it was like, how the hell do we make money on this film? It's costing a fortune with Malcolm McDowell running around yeah. screaming with his arse out. So what they do at the end of each day's filming, it's all right, good night, Malcolm, off you go. And Malcolm would go home along with everybody else. And they're like, coast clear. Bring the porno actors in. Let's film the extra shots. So all of a sudden, you've got the orgies going on, and Malcolm looking around. He's like, oh, yes, all very good. And then suddenly you've got a couple of shots, and they're, you know, right yeah. up. Right proper up. going for yes. it. Yes. Well, isn't Equus like that? With a horse? Yeah, isn't that... Someone Gore going Vidal up a horse? I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I know Gore Vidal's known for it. Relative of Mr. Uh, Algor, obviously. I thought you were going to say Vidal Sassoon, I have to say. Um, potentially. potentially. Vidal Sassoon was a, a great sort of institution. He'd pop up on Granada a lot. Mm. Was he a scouser? Vidal Sassoon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Have a look. He used to pop up on things. Right, you know, in I'll the way ch- that Frankie Vaughan was um, a British singer. Yeah. Who used to sort of play on the Frankie <laughs> Valley look and all that business. Oh, good God. Right, hang on. Yeah, he was British. Born in Hammersmith. Hammersmith. Yeah, I knew he was a Brit. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to turn up all the time on, like, Granada. I think that... Didn't he have a salon in Liverpool or something? Don't know, but he's on the front cover of the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah. Didn't he do... Hang on, I'm going to check this. Lucille Ball. There we are. Ah, uh, now there's a drama on Netflix about making the Lucy show. I meant to there, mention this to you. There is, with Nicole Williamson. Not Nicole Williamson. Nicole Kidman. He's Kidman. very dead. He's very dead. Nicole Kidman, isn't it? She stars in that. I don't know. I've not looked at it. I meant to mention it to you. It's very good. I have watched that. I think we're straying into idle we, chit-chat we here. We're just We're straying off. into idle yes. chit-chat. It's time to call it a day. It is. That's enough. Right. Okay. Well, um... We hope you all enjoyed whatever that was. Uh, We hope you have a lovely week. And until the next time. If I'm still alive, goodbye. (laughs) You can do a uh, Byron and cough onto your cotton bed linen (coughs) and the the spot of blood. Uh, Uh, Remark to your landlady, "Uh, that's the signature on my death warrant. (laughs) Until the next time, goodbye.
presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice